When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Empire Rules podcast, sponsored by Blue Cross Street Food. Going to be discussing a nil-nil draw away at Peterborough United, which leaves Reading still outside the relegation zone, unbelievably, somehow, after this uh, terrible run of form where we've now picked up one point in eight games. Uh, however, Matt, there was some positives to be found last night because we didn't lose. So there's always that. There's always a positive to start this counselling session, isn't there? <laughs> start it off with a positive. We didn't lose, indeed. Yeah. Um, let's get straight into the game. And yesterday, the lineup came out. We made two changes to the starting lineup. Mate came in, which I think was fairly expected um, as Hoyle was suspended. And maybe in a less expected move, Danny Drinkwater started in central midfield for Josh Laurent, who dropped out of the squad, apparently with an ankle injury. Yeah, it's 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 got to the point with Drinkwater, when you see him on the team sheet, you just think, really, don't you? It's, it's, it's just, I don't think many fans would be upset if they never see him on a team sheet again. I don't think that's unfair to say that about Drinkwater. Um, it was good to see Mate obviously back. That was a boost. You know, you see Mate back starting a game at last. Full credit to him. Had a good, obviously, final 20, 25 minutes against against Coventry. I think we all expected him to start. Um, but yeah, it is. Whenever you see drink water there, you're just thinking, well, we pretty much know there's no one else, don't we, to be fair. But uh, it's we'll go into it. But man, it wasn't a good performance again by drink water last night. Um yeah, I think feel like it could be said of a lot of players yesterday that it wasn't a great performance. Um, but let's go on to the actual game. Um, first half, Peterborough probably had the edge in the first half, Matt. I think it's fair to say. Um, Carl Hine made one, maybe two good saves from distance from uh, Clark Harris. And... Reading didn't really manage to create very much in that first half um, and struggled. I feel like they struggled to get into the game, especially in the first 25 minutes or so. They weren't 
just couldn't couldn't get the foot on the ball. The ball was just it, it just couldn't they couldn't really find their rhythm at all. They couldn't they couldn't find the rhythm, they couldn't get their foot on the ball. Um it was it just seemed so disjointed. Um and you know, you thought after the weekend Coventry, it was probably Coventry was one of the first games we'd probably seen where we actually until the red card, you were thinking they're actually looking okay at this point. You know, you might have actually been optimistic for a result, you know, at at two two before before the red card, obviously. And then to go from that to to what we saw in the first half last night, admittedly, the weather was horrendous. I mean, driving up there last night was horrible. And then obviously the wind that we were kicking into as well in the first half. Obviously, it, it didn't help. It didn't lot. help Carl Hines' distribution, really, did it? Let's be no. honest. Um, <laughs> no. I, think he, I think he definitely put it out of play three or four times, much to the frustration of the Reading fans. But yeah, yeah I'm not sure the wind helped him at all in the first half, particularly. Um, but at the same point, Peterborough were playing in the same conditions, you know. And yes. when they got in, into it in the second half, they played a heck of a lot better in that wind than we did in the first half. They, as well. they, they adapted to it certainly much better than we did. Um, there was an awful lot of kind of, I guess, long ball football would probably be the best way to describe it. Playing playing long from the back. Um, and much of that feels like it's a symptom of not really having anybody to uh, drop in and take the ball from the defence um, and then turn and actually move the ball forwards. Well, was... That first half, the first half was, there was a lot of long balls from homes towards somebody in the channels and hoping for the best um, because you didn't have that option of anybody who was going to turn and, and try and progress the ball forwards from, from central midfield particularly. It just all seems so disjointed because like, like, like say that the long balls more often than not were going to nobody, you know, Mate was only the only one that was sometimes winning, winning, winning headers. And then you had some players that would seem, seemingly try to play out from the back. You seemingly had three players trying to play yeah. out from the back. And on, three on, the subject, to... on the subject of Mate winning headers, I have to say, uh, I'm not quite sure long ball tactics towards John Swift is really <laughs> one that we need to be continuing. It's, it's, I don't think that's one which is going to work. It's not, it's not ideal, really. Um, I think the very few amounts of headers that we've, uh, I think, seen Swift win in his time, I don't think we're pinning many hopes on uh, him him winning a long ball up to him, are we? But, but it, it, it just seems so clueless for so long in the game, or for all of it, quite frankly, because, like I say, he's, some players seemingly wanted to play long ball. Morrison and Holmes just kept punting it up, you know. Like, we're coming away from games just thinking, what 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 is the plan? What were we trying to do? Because there is none. You know, it, it's, it's, it's almost just punting it long and hoping for chaos football you know at times then you it's yeah yeah i i agree uh we did have one chance in the first half um from a Tomins free kick just before the break it, it i think probably from the away end it looked like a better free kick than it looked like having seen the highlights um having seen the highlights it looks like it's hit kind of straight at the keeper yeah yeah no i, I remember seeing it's uh uh, at half time, I saw the BBC reacted to it, saying it was a special save. I didn't think it was that special, to be honest. It was hit with a lot of pace. It was a fair enough free kick from from Ince. I mean, you, we we said at the time that he was going far, or whoever it was, either because Swift and both Swift and Ince were over it. The keeper was pretty much in the centre of his goal, which 
with where it was in the pitch, didn't seem like a good decision because you could see a lot of the far corner there. It's just a shame it's couldn't really just get it further away from the keeper. Because like you say, it was it was hit with a lot of power, but it was pretty routine. If he's if he's letting that in, there's a problem for for the keeper there. But it was a shot on target at least. <laughs> yeah, the second half. Um... It was very similar. The first 20, probably first 20 minutes of the second half were very similar to the first half. Um, although Reading had spells of pressure, they didn't really create very much. Um, Holmes had a header which went just wide just after the break. But ultimately, Reading really just, they struggled to create once again. It was it was just more of the same, really. You know, like so many times we've seen after half time, the team capitulate. But you know, for a couple of minutes, they seemed to come out. We got, like you say, the early corner. Holmes had had the chance early in the second half, but then again, just fizzles out. And to be to be honest, after after the first five five minutes, the only thing that I thought was going to happen was a Peterborough win. To be honest, like that, that there, there was nothing really that was was happening on on the Reading front. Which you know, when when you saw how much we struggled playing into the win that Peterborough were then doing in the second half. They you were kind of just expecting yeah, more. Yeah, Peterborough, Peterborough decided to try and keep it on the floor in the second half compared to a, a completely different style compared to what Reading were doing in the first half, which completely benefited them because they weren't just punting the ball out of play. Um, they had an awful lot of pressure in that second half, really. There was a, a number of set pieces from just outside the box, a number of corners, uh, which I feel like Reading dealt with relatively well, Matt. Um, Carl Hine did okay. I, I don't think he was incredible in, in terms of commanding his box, but he didn't do badly yesterday. Um, there was some calls for Southwood from the away end, which I feel like maybe are a little bit harsh. Um, I, don't I think, think a lot Hine of that just came out of frustration. Frustration, today. yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't I mean, think Hine like, did much wrong. In, he didn't in do anything wrong, I don't think, really, you know, because uh, it's... It, to do the amount of kicking that he was doing in the wind, you were asking for for trouble. To be fair, his kicking in the second half when the wind was behind him was a lot better. You know, when it wasn't when it wasn't kicking into the wind. So you know, it, it, maybe the first half was an unfair reflection on his distribution. But you know, he made he made some good saves and he was relatively commanding. Came out punched punched some some crosses, some some set plays really well. You know, he did pretty much what he needed to do to get a clean sheet. You know. And well, he did did his part of the bargain really, and he did have a lot of shots to deal with as well. You know, a lot of them were from range, admittedly. But yeah, you know, he didn't he didn't really put put a foot wrong. You know, and probably one of the few players to come out yesterday with with a bit of a bit of positivity around him, really. And there was there was a couple of chances for Reading before the end. Um, Yakimate with a lot a drive from probably twenty yards, which was stinging stinging shot, but saved by the keeper. Um, and then the the biggest chance that Reading really had was Lucas Shell doing a Maradona esque run for twenty five yards before performing just an incredibly feeble shot from the centre of the penalty area um, and making from the self from the self proclaimed best striker in the league. Yes, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure on on that at the moment, but um, yeah. To, Maisy 25 yard run where he's beaten three or four Peterborough players, and that's the skill. And like, that's the skill that we've been lacking up front all season, yeah. Um, Almost making a chance out of nothing, and that's yeah, what he's Shell made a do. chance for himself, which is fantastic. 
and then the finish was really classic very Zhao. feeble and straight was, up the keeper. It was just um, classic Zhao, just classic Zhao, you know, from from it well, not quite as tight. Well, before obviously last season, and obviously his time at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, he's got got, got the ability, but then. You know, when, when you when you bring a pen product like that, you know it's 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 pretty pointless, really. Um, we did also have another chance before, didn't we? Just the the swift chance, the swift header, which again, yes, swift header, which was straight the keeper, which was yeah, um, <laughs> it's unmarked. Swift, Swift's free header was uh, I haven't I don't actually think it's in the highlights. Um, it probably should be, but it, I don't think it was in the highlights that I watched earlier. And Swift's header was very very weak, um, given that he's unmarked. And really should be doing a lot better there. Um, on Zhao's chance, Zhao ins is screaming for the ball. Um, you see him afterwards, and his frustration is is real. Um, and and credit to Tom Ince last night. I don't think he was necessarily um, a game changer. I don't think he was necessarily involved in the whole game. But his chasing and his his at least his desire is there. I think you can see that. Even if not, even if he's not necessarily fully involved in the game and changing the game every time he's touching the ball. Yeah, it was probably it was almost the one player I didn't think would be up for a game like last night. I have to say it, it was it was it was a bit of a surprise. But like 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 you say, he was there was actually there was one point in the second half when he ran from about 30, 30 yards behind Drinkwater to actually marking probably the player that Drinkwater should have been marking, you know, because he was just absolutely bolting it back, you know. Um, and like you say, he, he was affecting the game without doing too much, you know, which, which the biggest the biggest chance was that, that Zhao chance, because Zhao could have played him in before he kind of weaved through an extra two players. He could have played him in because he was free on the right but but yeah um hope, hopefully we can see more of this from ince because i think all the reviews and what people have said obviously previously you kind of get this with ince you know one in every three four games which i mean is just classic reading player see, seemingly for the last four or five years but overall you know, Matt, though there's i mean we didn't lose last night which is okay but it doesn't feel like many players really come out with that with many positives either um given uh, the fact that it's... we've we've had this myth of of from multiple well i said multiple we've uh, lots of lots of fans have this myth of reading players are a top 10 side and waiting with their first 11 and i think last night might be the bubble breaking for some people because that was pretty much Reading's first 11 last night and uh, excluding maybe Josh Lauren and they they struggled massively to to do anything um all, all game and I feel like very few players come out of that with much credit yeah I mean it's it's been a narrative that's been put around for so many years with Reading isn't it that, that the team should be doing so much better than it than it is and realistically should it Really, like when 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 you're having season after season of just this constant seemingly underperformance, there's only so long that you can say that someone's underperforming because then an underperformance isn't an underperformance because that's what they actually just do every week, you know, and that's they're not underperforming. <laughs> so yeah, like to to go to a team that was as bad as Peterborough, I mean, 
Peterborough's fans after the game were on Twitter saying how bad they were, frankly. And Reading were worse. You know, you're looking at the comments that... Yeah, I mean, Reading got dominated, realistically. I think it's yeah. double the amount of Every shots, element. double the amount of corners. Um, you know, the, all of the chances that Peter created, or, or most of the chances that created, Peterborough created, yes, they were from set pieces, but they're all very dangerous chances. Um, it, it would be very difficult, I think, as a as a Reading fan to say that Reading dominated that game or, or really deserved to win that game, particularly. Um, well... <laughs> Like we'll sum up the game. It, it, oh well, we'll move past the game now because I don't really feel like people. Are, you're not getting much from listening to us talking about a nil-nil against Peterborough. Frankly, um, the game wasn't very good. It's it's definitely two of the worst sides in this division, and at the moment, it's very difficult to see either of them staying up. Um, I think it's, as you as you tweeted yesterday, just put put us out of our misery and relegate us both already. Mm-hmm. Just get it done because neither yeah. team looked like they're staying up quite frankly on, on that performance it was it's, it's there's still another 15 games to go for reading and 16 for peterborough it's very cruel to make them play out the season when they when they're playing like that um let's move on matt after the game which i feel like is probably going to be the majority of people's desire to be listening to this podcast i would estimate there was probably 300 fans who didn't leave the ground after the game for a good 20 to 25 minutes uh waiting for Panovic to come out and do an interview on the field with Sky um ultimately he didn't come out while the fans were still on the ground um now I can kind of understand people's frustrations at this point have boiled over um and it's it feels very much like the board are not going to make the decision to fire Panovic now and at this point do you think that people's frustrations towards Panovic are maybe best moved towards you know Dayong Pang and, and Dai Yong? Because ultimately they're the ones not making the decision to to remove Panovic from what clearly is a position where he's out of his depth at this point. It's un- it's untenable. It's it's completely untenable for Panovic. And right now, just keeping him in this position is just as as it's almost, as it it's almost unfair to him, right? Yeah. It's almost unfair to Panovic to be in this situation at this point. Yeah. And as, as much as any Reading fan, and I would say 99% of Reading fans do not want him to be in the job, it's almost unfair to keep Panovic in as, as pretty much a punching bag for the CEO and the owner because that's it's, what it's coming to. It's literally all it is right now. You know, it's, 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 it's distracting, you know, fans' anger from the owner and the CEO who, quite frankly, are doing an absolutely abysmal job right now at running this club you know trying to get it out of the mess that it is currently and taking it forwards you know because the only thing we can realistically change to affect our season is the manager so fans will you know always latch onto that as a as a first kind of look to try and change things but if the reports that Paunovic has handed in his resignation are true, which is certainly sounds like it when you listen to his his post-match interviews, just not answering anything around the topic. I mean, he's not going to come out realistically and say, yes, I handed in my resignation to BBC Berkshire, is he? Or any of the outlets. <laughs> but, but like, it's, it's pretty clear that something has happened there. And the fact that, one, the club hasn't accepted that, or two, you know, there's some clause in his contract 
asking or saying that he needs to buy out the rest of his contract. Quite frankly, for a club, that shouldn't matter right now because you are just doing more damage to the club by keeping him there in his position and almost holding him to ransom as you are holding the club to ransom right now. And that that's almost what it's what it's coming down to. And fans will always angle frustration at, at, at I think at Paunovic it's, just because of it's he's the, the one there can, yeah, yeah he's, he's the only the one, one there and that's why right people, are, people are, are angry at him at the end of the day but, but I feel yesterday, like ultimately I, the protests uh, which ended up moving outside of the ground and outside the team bus where there was probably I don't know 150 people Matt mm-hmm. um, to begin with at least waiting for waiting for players and, and manager to get on the team coach afterwards and, and try and vent some frustration. Ultimately, that that frustration is is aimed at them because they're the ones there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, and... it's, it's, it's the exact same situation as Paunovic with the players, and yeah. like the players, some of them quite rightly are getting a lot of stick because, quite frankly, some of their performances are just disgusting. Frankly, with 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 what they're putting out week on week, but. I do kind of feel that yesterday there was a slight switch in kind of where protests were aimed at because we've never really heard die chance before chance directed at die but last night you did start getting them um and i because like i i do kind of feel that that the fans like you say are kind of waking up to the fact that you know if because it, it certainly seems like Paunovic has tried to hand his resignation and he's not and if it, like it's not been accepted that's now not on Paunovic. And to be honest, with everything else that's happened under Dai's reign and under Pang's reign, you know, there's very little that, you know, you can actually look at and think that frustration and protest shouldn't be angled at them. You know, people will say about, oh, well, we can't get Dai to leave because we're going to be financially in ruin. We're in financial ruin right now. He's put us in this position right now with what with what people are saying Dai is holding the fan base to financial ransom the fact that fans don't want to protest against Dai because he's he's the you know the financial person running the club to be honest he's not he's not the financial person running the club because everything he's put into the club has been through loans so far so he's put very little actually into the club because he could still get that back if he holds if he holds out those loans and decides not to pay them off so it's 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 a very it's it's an awful position for for the club to be in and a lot of it well, a huge a lot of it a lot of it goes back up to the top goes the, yeah goes to die ultimately ultimately we we can discuss games and we can discuss performances and we can discuss players and managers um and we can say the squad's not good enough the performances aren't strong enough and a lot of that comes back to squad building and the fact is the squad isn't that strong and the reason the squad isn't that strong is because we're in a we're in a restricted uh like restrictions with the efl and that's because we've overspent and ultimately all of this comes back to the fact that we've been mismanaged from the top down um we won't go into it again and again and again because been discussed so many times by this point um but we're playing again at the weekend mat against preston i don't expect protests to really continue at preston to the same level as last night if only because i feel like there's only going to be a few hundred people at preston um 
big credit to you if you go to Preston. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I, I've been to Middlesbrough and I've been to some of Huddersfield this season, some of the long away games, but I really am struggling to garner the motivation to go to Preston this weekend. Um, yeah, and I feel like the, the levels of protest map might be dialed down at Preston. Yeah, if 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 any, you know, because well, we, we we've done Preston a few times, and you only get three, four hundred fans there anyway. So, and like la- last night, there's a, there's 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 quite a difference between having a, a thousand, just over a thousand, however many we had last night fans um, at the game, and then wanting to protest outside to having you know a few hundred. Um, but it's it's just Birmingham, game. Birmingham next week though at home might be a different matter. I think. Of course, you know. I think. I think. Uh, to be honest, I, most of the home games now. To be honest, I, I yeah. I, I feel like um, there's. I would take just take a uh, keep an eye out on social media because I feel like there's definitely going to be things which get pushed by various different people in various different groups um, before next week. Um, we'll wrap it up, Matt, because I know there's going to be a preview with Matt Williamson coming out later today, previewing the Preston game. I'm probably looking back a little bit at last night um, as well uh, with Jonathan Lowe. So we'll wrap it up there and we'll be back at the weekend after the Preston game. Cheers.